0: Hello, and welcome to a new year of Confirmation, and to the official Confirmation podcast, God's Unfolding Promise to Renew the Whole Universe. To begin the year, we're actually going to kind of take a step back and refresh some things from last year, because one of the things I really want to look at for this school year, for this Confirmation year, is to look at the question of who is Jesus to, re- to kind of examine uh, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And in order to answer the question of who is Jesus, I think we need to kind of look at the people to whom Jesus belonged. And that's where we're going to begin this week. And so I would like us to go back and read in Dan erlanda pages 34 through 38. So it's not even the full chapter; it's just those four pages of uh, within chapter ten at the or chapter nine at the end. And as part of that, um, we will begin. We'll we'll see and begin to learn more about the people that Jesus was a part of. And just to put a little bit of kind of historical context into it, by this time Rome, the Roman Empire, had conquered um, ancient Judah and where jesus lived and that also included jerusalem judah and galilee were kind of the main areas in which jesus Jesus focused at least in the gospels Uh, these were areas that were populated by jews and i think it is very important to remember that jesus was born jewish and that he was jewish all the way until he died Uh, sometimes we i think have a tendency to make Jesus into kind of the first Christian and somehow remove his Jewishness but you can't really do that can you I mean it's not like I can all of a sudden change my skin color or change you know my ethnic background Um, you know I come my mom was mostly German and so I have mostly German ancestry I can't all of a sudden say I don't like Germany anymore I want to be Swiss and the same thing with Jesus Uh, so Jesus is Jewish he was always Jewish uh, from birth to death and I think that is important for when we do read the Gospels and it looks like Jesus is criticizing Judaism he is doing it from the inside and not as one from outside who is standing over against him but is doing it kind of from the inside and is uh, looking at renewing a piece of that of that religious tradition of you know, perhaps moving in a different direction, and as Christians we would say that was the right direction, but, um, and it's not also, we need to remember that he is not uh, attacking all of Judaism. Uh, Sometimes it sounds like that in the Gospels, but in fact the Gospels have a tendency to kind of expand or exaggerate their argument a little bit in order to make their point more clear. And we need to remember when we do read the Gospels, we're not actually reading the words of Jesus or reading sort of the remembered words of Jesus that have been passed down for about 30 years or more before they actually get written down in the Gospels. And yes, there would have been a lot more, um, they would have been a lot closer and a lot more careful about how the traditions were passed down. But Not everything is going to be passed on exactly perfectly, they didn't have tape recorders, for example, uh, to record things. And when you are writing and telling a story, perhaps you do exaggerate or you miss a perspective from being on the wrong side of the room, etc. And and so the Gospels do essentially the same thing with maybe emphasizing pieces of Jesus's story for the sake of trying to make uh, a point. And so, if we, but if we remember that Jesus is Jewish and always remained Jewish, that helps us to uh, understand what Jesus is, in fact, doing um, there. And so, a little bit about Rome. Uh, Rome, the two, there were two emperors, kind of during Jesus' lifetime. Jesus was born while Augustus was emperor, and then he died, most likely, um, while Tiberius was still emperor. Uh, And Tiberius was... Augustus's adopted son. If you've never heard of these two, I suspect you can maybe piece one of them together, because you probably know, you've at least heard the name, if you uh, recognize the month August, uh, which is comes from Augustus. There's a lot about the Roman Empire that we really don't know. We don't know exactly how ordinary people lived, and that's going to impact how we read some of the stuff here in Dan Erlander. But what we do know is that Rome ruled uh, a variety of different, had conquered a variety of different kingdoms. Uh, Herod was one of those, and but they left Herod in charge, and basically uh, Rome was very, basically what Rome was looking for from its provinces, from the sort of external places outside of Italy, was where was security. I think was probably one of the most important thing they didn't want to to keep coming back into the region to put down a rebellion a revolt etc they were looking for um, taxes or uh, tribute so they were looking for some money and in many cases there is some indication that where there was kind of a client King such as Herod or his sons we'll get to those in a moment that taxes were relatively low, as long as they were being used to kind of maintain the the region in which they were uh, king over, that they were responsible for. And then the third would have been uh, various resources, natural resources. Um, So in many ways, Rome is not all that much different than, say, more modern nations, because We sort of value the same kinds of things. We need to make sure that we have ample resources and access to resources uh, to maintain a certain way of life. Uh, There are taxes that are required, uh, payments. You know whether those go to government or whether those go to corporations, etc. Is neither here nor there. You know it's the same as like buying things, Um, and then and then we also want security. I mean. That's why we have the military, and then also that's why we have the police force. So all of those things uh, Rome wanted and looked for. And that is going to be one of the keys to hitting one of the questions, the main questions that we're going to address relatively early on and throughout the course, is why did Jesus have to die? And the simple answer is Jesus didn't have to die. If Jesus didn't have to die, then the question becomes, then why was Jesus killed? And that is is a much more interesting question. I think it also gets at and keeps us and keeps things more consistent between the Old and New Testament when we ask the question that way. Because I think for a lot of people Jesus had to die in order for there to be forgiveness. But yet if we read the Old Testament like we did last year We understand that forgiveness was always there that wasn't something new and so why did Jesus die becomes one of the key questions understanding who Jesus is and that is what we are going to really look at as we move forward and so pay attention to Erlander's discussion on purity because I think purity works in two different ways I think one of the ways that Erlander talks about it is when you are a minority group or a small group and you're being pressured by external forces to essentially adapt a different way of, of being. Purity helps to sort of define kind of the barriers and the boundaries around your group. Purity can also work to maintain one's privilege. If you are in a place of privilege, as some of the, especially the local elite would have been they can use purity to essentially maintain their privilege by assuring that certain people are not going to be a part of that one quick example one that has also been a big part of our society's history as well has been the the treatment and the uh, view of women and so in the ancient world, women were held kind of in low esteem, as Erlander puts it. So essentially you are keeping half or thereabouts of the population out of places of privilege. So it's the at the expense of women by excluding them. So those are going to be some of the things that we look at. We're going to look at how Jesus interacts with those particular... Uh, ideas and concepts and by doing so we will begin to understand perhaps one reason of why Jesus was killed.